Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello everyone. This is Mike Cleveland here with my brother, my friend, my wonderful partner in ministry, Eric. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Mike. So good to be uh, with you doing uh, lesson three uh, for the gospel for the church. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this today. We've often talked about the fact that the church must rediscover the power of this message that we have. And I'm grateful, Eric, that you are on the front lines of assisting the church to rediscover this message. And so as we go through this today, Eric, you and I have already prayed that God would open the hearts of people, that they would see not only the power of this message, brother, but the glory in it, the, the wonderful, exquisite uh, love that flows from it and the power in it. And so thank you so much for taking your time to come and, uh, and help us again to understand the power of this message. Oh, absolutely. It's such a joy to be able to do it, Mike, because as you said, this is the one message that the church has been given. Uh, this is the message that has that has freed us and changed us completely, and uh, there is no other message, Mike, like it. It's it, this is uh, the cross of Jesus Christ is the power of God. There's no other message that has uh, this power. Uh, there's no other message that can put to death and raise to life, and therefore change the hearts and minds and completely change everything about a person. You know, to make them a new creation. In Christ, and so this is the message we must proclaim. Um, we, we don't have another message, Mike. This is it. Our desire is to know Jesus Christ uh, and Him crucified, and and no other message uh, will do, will it? That's exactly right. You mentioned the power of this message, and I think about Romans five eight, and it talks about our powerlessness. Um, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Um, we were powerless. We had no spiritual power, meaning sin overcame us. The devil's temptations actually drug us into sin. Um, and that was our condition. That's the condition of all people by birth. That's the condition, Eric, of people who come to church every Sunday. And pastors have an ability now to take the one message that God has given us and make that their message so that it comes with power to the powerless. And, and that's what you're helping pastors all over the world to do. We've gotten reports now of pastors in Australia, pastors in the UK using this book, The Gospel for the Church, Rediscovering the power of the cross. And I love that pastors now all over the world are seeing the value of this work that you've done. I'm so with you in this, brother. My heart is so with you in this. Amen. And I, I love that. Uh, and, 
You know, th- this is just so incredible, Mike. I love the Romans 5-8 passage that you brought up because it, it just shows that we were, I, I love the three statements in there. I think it goes on to Romans 5-10, I believe, but it shows that we were weak, powerless, like you said. Uh, we were sinners trapped in bondage, and we were enemies of God. And and we, I mean, it was piled against us, wasn't it? This is truly, uh, we had no hope in and of ourselves. Uh, but God did what none of us could possibly do. And that is through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die our death. Even enemies, it just, I know it blows your mind and mine as well as we consider the cross and all that transpired there as we were uh, weak, sinful enemies of God. Uh, he came anyway. He sent his son anyway. That's the love of God and the power of the message um, to free the powerless, uh, to reconcile the sinner, um, and to reconcile the enemy to, to, a, to a child, son, and daughter adopted through Christ uh, into the family. It's just amazing. And so, yeah, I'm just delighted that we have uh, this one message to share today, brother. You know, you talk about being an enemy and Christ dying to reconcile and make us friends, make us a son of God. I, my, my heart right now is so heavy, you know, for our brother, Bill Miller, who is on our board of directors here at Setting Captives Free. He's an elder in this church. And, you know, brother, you know the story of just, uh, I think, a week ago or or close to that, his son was murdered, uh, was shot. What would it be like if, and of course they caught the murderer and have charged him with first degree murder, but what it would be like for Bill to go down to the jail and throw his arms around the man, tell him of, of forgiveness, tell him how he can be right with God. And I know it's in Bill's heart. I know my brother Bill uh, to to do that. But that's what it it was like for God Mm -hmm. to put himself in a body and come to this world and in essence, throw his arms wide open on the cross for all of his enemies to come in and to be reconciled, to find forgiveness, to find new life. That's what it would really be like. And, And even worse, because we murdered the son of God by our sins. But brother, we're getting ahead of ourselves. And what, what, yes, we're, we are. <laughs> what we're wanting to do today is to go through lesson three of the gospel for the church. And so um, as we look here <clears throat> at the first portion of lesson three, you have made the statement that this is the message that we are to go and make disciples of all nations with. Um, and so, Eric, when we don't have this message, what are we not doing? Yeah, well, we're not, we're not obeying and we're not making disciples of all nations. Uh, you know, what we're doing is if we have another message, if we don't bring the message of the cross or the message of hope and healing, as you so well put with, uh, and reconciliation, as you so well put with the, uh, using Bill's story as an example of, 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 the Lord himself sending his only son and wrapping his arms around us, brother, we're, uh, we're not going to make disciples. People aren't going to be set free. They're still going to be powerless. Um, they're going to remain in their sin. They need to hear this message so that it can affect the heart 
and change them, make them new, give them, reconcile them back to God. Um, and so we must preach the gospel. We must preach that Jesus died for the sins, for forgiveness of sins, and that he rose on the third day, all according to the scriptures. Um, this is the only message that is considered the power of God. And if we're not doing that, we won't make disciples. Um, we'll be preaching the law or works, uh, which, what does that do, Mike, that keeps captives in captivity? Uh, there's only one message that frees the captive and fills them with God's spirit. And therefore, well, they're able to love and uh, to be forgiven and freed. Uh, who doesn't want freedom, brother? Yeah, that's so important. We talk about <clears throat> the two aspects of the gospel, which is the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And each of these points are provided a confirming proof. The fact that Jesus died is confirmed by the fact that he was buried. Uh, and you focus on that aspect in this lesson. Now, Eric, I got to tell you, most people think about the burial of Jesus, if they think of it at all. And it really just doesn't have any meaning. Okay, so yeah, he was buried, buried in a tomb. But the Bible teaches us that nothing is recorded in Scripture that doesn't have real meaning and real application to our life. And I appreciate so much you focusing this lesson three on the burial of Jesus. Um, you start with uh, a passage in Matthew 12, which references Jonah, who was in the belly of a great fish three days and three nights. And Jesus saying, just like Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In other words, the story in the book of Jonah was a signpost pointing forward to the gospel of Jesus Christ, as all stories are. Um, but Eric, why do you feel like it's important to include this lesson? I just want to get an overview from you. Why is it important for us to understand the not only the death and resurrection, but the burial of Jesus? What's the essential need for us to understand that? Well, I think there's a couple things. And there's more than a couple, I'm sure, but I'll just touch on a couple that are on my heart right at the moment. And that is, we, we need to see that, uh, that Jesus finished his work on the cross and he rested in the grave. Uh, he rested from his work. And if we join Jesus in, in his death, then certainly we join him in his rest. Uh, and not only that, but our if we're crucified with Christ, uh, our sins were taken to the cross. Our sins were then buried in that tomb. Uh, there's nothing that a dead man can do, brother, <laughs> right? We've rested from our own work, just as Christ Jesus rested from his. He was in the tomb for three days and then rose victorious on that third day. But you're right. We don't want to skip over uh, the resting in the grave, the resting on the Sabbath day. <laughs> you know, Jesus even fulfilled uh, the requirements of the law uh, when he was resting in the grave for three days. And so it's important for us to see that we rest from our own work. Uh, we rest in Christ. And therefore, 
uh, it's just a beautiful thing to, to see. Um, it's beautiful to see that Jesus did the work and rested. So we die in Christ and we rest in Christ. Okay, so I have learned whenever I talk with you to begin taking notes because <laughs> I just got three powerful things and reasons why we need to study the fact that Jesus rested in the tomb. So I'm taking notes. And you said that in Christ, we enter into rest. We were buried with him. The second thing is our sins were buried. They never rose from the dead. They stayed in the tomb. In other words, just removed from us. I love it. Amen. The third one was that the law was fulfilled, right? There's a commandment, the fourth commandment, which required people under the old covenant to rest on the Sabbath day. And Jesus fulfilled the law in its entirety for us, including this uh, Sabbath commandment, which was the seal of the law itself. And so that, that was wonderful. Uh, I know you did that just, wow, just the Holy Spirit flowed through you as you said those three things. So that was wonderful. So continuing on, as we, as we look at this rest, we're, you've chosen to use Hebrews 4. And you want to just read that? Oh, and sure. Why do to use this? Uh, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of, any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. And so this is important. Uh, entering his rest still stands comes by the way of hearing the good news. Uh, the good news about Jesus's death for the forgiveness of sins as powerful resurrection on the third day, but it must be uh, combined. The message of the cross must be combined by faith. It's, it's, uh, if it's not combined by faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing the message of Christ. And, and so when this happens, brother, we enter into the rest. The promise still stands. And when we are preaching and sharing the good news, we're hoping that those who hear it combine it with faith. In other words, that they believe the message again, even if they think they already know it. Oh, no, I already know this message. But we combine it with faith again and again. And it restores over and over and lifts us up again. Uh, and we're reminded that, that it's not about the law. It's about resting. It's about resting in the finished work of Christ. Um, and this is why it's so important that the church rediscovers this power, rediscovers the good news, and sticks to it, uh, that others might enter rest by faith. That's really well said. And I, I think there's such a warning here that we make sure when we hear the good news that we combine it with faith. We actually put faith, we believe what Jesus did for us. I think about the 10 spies who were sent into the promised land and uh, they came back and their only message was how fortified the cities were and how tall the giants were and that's all they could see. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb came back and they said they, they weren't denying those facts of the tall giants and the fortified cities. 
they were putting faith in God's word because they said, but God has told us we will take this. We will be victorious. They were putting faith in what God said. And what happened? They entered the promised land of rest. Um, this is what you and I do, brother. Uh, you're Joshua. I'm Caleb because uh, I'm older. And uh, <laughs> But all people can be, all believers should be entering into this rest by faith, shouldn't they? And, and Eric, this is the power of the cross to bring someone who has worked, who has entered into step groups and who has tried to work the program who, or who has been, been busy trying to keep the law. I'm going to do better and I'm going to obey God. And it's a good desire. Um, but what we have to do instead is turn and look at the cross and believe what we see. For as we believe that, we believe that we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. We believe that our sins are removed and therefore we don't have any guilt. We, we put faith and we just rest, don't we? Isn't it, isn't it amazing to enter into this rest? I, what does it feel like to you? Just as you're the author of this course, what does it feel like to you personally to be resting in Jesus? Well, it's, it's just amazing. It's uh, overwhelming. It's, it's uh, security for my soul. It's an anchor for my soul. And it delights my heart to think that, that I, I could do nothing. <laughs> Jesus did it all. Um, you know, and, and so it's just, uh, it's remarkable when you consider the cross over and over again and all that transpired there. Um, you know, that Jesus became sin for us and the great exchange that we love to talk about how he became sin and we became righteous. I mean, this is just incredible, brother, that he rested in the grave for us, that he took all our sins to the tomb with him when he was buried. And that we, there's nothing we can do of works of righteousness on our own. We're as filthy rags in God's sight. And the, you know, what's acceptable to God was, was uh, his perfect son. Uh, you know, all the sacrifices needed to be without blemish. And, you know, and so Jesus came as the lamb of God without blemish, spot or wrinkle or anything. Fulfilled the law for us, rested in the grave, took our sins to it. And brother, when we talk about this message, it just overwhelms our hearts. And, you, you know, you... You, you desire to get this message out because you know that when others hear it, there is the definite possibility that they're going to become new cre creatures in Christ, uh, that their hearts are going to be cut, that their lives are going to be changed. And, and so we stick to this message. Uh, we don't have another message to give. And so it just becomes our own joy as we're filled with the overwhelming poured, you know, the spirits poured into us. And now we delight to pour out. Um, the life that has been poured into us. And uh, so, um, you know, this is, our, this is the message that we love. Uh, this is the message that we talk about. And this is the message that we write about. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly delighted that you have written about it because it's already having this great effect uh, over the country over the world and I want it to just double and triple and quadruple I, I want to just have people understand that you begin to use the message that you wrote about in this book 
you begin to use that in your preaching, you use it in your counseling, you use it in your everyday interaction with people, and you will see people, as you said, becoming new creations. You will see it happen. Um, this is what I rejoice in, Eric, is, is seeing this. But let's continue on. So you now come to Hebrews 4, 4 to 7. I'll read that one. It says, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall never, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day. Today, saying through David, so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So Eric, there was a certain day set aside in the old covenant, the seventh day. In the new covenant, there's a certain day set aside for rest. That day is today. And it's Monday right now. And it's the Sabbath. Why? Because we're resting in Jesus' finished work. Today, you and I are resting. And, and, and God set aside this certain day, calling it today. I, I just, I love that because it means that we rest every day, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. The cross is is rest is daily rest, like you said. Uh, it is the finished work of Christ. It is uh, fulfilled in Christ, the fulfillment of the law. So in Christ, it's it's as if we've fulfilled the entirety of the law. And so if you're listening today, <laughs> open up your heart, believe the message again, and receive uh, uh, the power of his Holy Spirit to change you. Uh, enter into uh, the rest of Christ. How? By believing the message, not by works of righteousness, because we could never do it. Uh, otherwise, Christ would have never had to come and die in our place. Uh, he would have never had to become sin for us. Think about this. Uh, this is how the great exchange takes place. Um, his righteousness for our sin. If he became sin for us today, hear that message today. Look at the cross and believe it again. Even if you've believed it your whole life, maybe it hasn't been power to you. But today, look up and believe. Look up and believe that Jesus became sin. In other words, he took your sin upon himself, that he died on the cross with it, that he was pierced and nailed and beaten so that by his wounds, you could be healed. By his wounds, you could rest. By his wounds, the work has been finished. You don't have to work. You don't have to do steps. You don't have to keep the law because in Christ, it's all been completely fulfilled. So today, brothers or sisters, if you hear this message, put faith in it, believe it, and finally rest in Christ every day. That is so powerful. And with that, Eric, let's bring this to a conclusion, the first half of Lesson 3, and I will see you again on our next podcast. Thank you, brother. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. 
For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.